Welcome into the Get Body Podcast. <laughs> this is your host, Charcross, <laughs> aka your boy Cher. And as always, I got my amazing, wonderful co-host. Give it up for Dr. Luke. Hi everyone. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? It's a coked up Martha Stewart. <laughs> um, and the amazing jungle kitty himself, <laughs> David Dutton. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, Thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been a one-month break. Yeah, it's been too long. It's been too long. Yeah. Um, we are really, really excited. Amber's already crying, right? <laughs> yes, already. <laughs> I actually have been looking forward to this for a long, long time, and I'm very excited because, Amber, you are one of my favorite humans. Um, and uh, I love the fact that you can walk across the street with your own fork and have dinner. Uh, so Amber Bosler is our guest tonight. Um, so we're gonna jump right in. No public service announcement. No tonight. public service announcement. None. It is. It is season three, so it's you know might be a little little different. New than past seasons. Improved. Revamped. So streamlined. Streamlined. What's different? No per- PSAs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that's the only thing different. Which PSA. PSA. We're not doing PSAs. <laughs> we ruined it already. All right. Um, Old habits die hard. So everybody is really excited to hear about your life, Miss Amber. And one of the th- the questions that is the top of everyone's list <laughs> is, "What's it like being married to Ryan?" <laughs> <laughs> I actually said I sent that question to our whole family today. What's it? The only person that responded was Ryan. <laughs> he said it's awesome. <laughs> I think that sums it up. Yeah, that sums it up. Yeah, it's. I like that. What's it like being married to Ryan? I mean, I don't. I've never been married to anybody else. So oh well. That's I don't. You know, yeah. I don't have a lot of comparison. <laughs> I mean, what would you think? Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> we should definitely start in the very beginning of Amber's life. Yes. Yeah. It'll give us some context <laughs> yeah. for for Amber's answer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> audience, you have to stick along with the podcast because we'll, we'll we're gonna come back to we're gonna end. revisit. Okay. We'll circle, circle back. back. <laughs> Circle back. Amber, you were born in Wisconsin? I was. Yes. A cheese head. Did you look that up? Did I, have I told well, you that? Research yeah. team. Research team, yeah. Research team. Research team. Oh, because you're a cool factor, we knew you're a Green Bay Packer. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, well, yeah. your cool factor went down. My, well, because my dad was the baby of five kids, and they were all Packers fans, yeah. and he was like, this is stupid. I'm not going to be a Packers fan. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that. I mean, I kind of knew all that, but yeah. he, so he made us all Miami Dolphins fans when we were little. And <laughs> I didn't really know it was all his rebellion against the rest of his family. Oh, yeah. Um, so I I didn't realize how college how much I missed out on. <laughs> and I'm being a Packers fan. <laughs> what, brothers and sisters growing up? Me? I've got two brothers. Okay. Older, younger? Younger. We're all very close in age, though. I'm the oldest. And then my brother Jordan is... He was two grades younger, but like 17 months. Same, same as Abigail and Madeline. Almost oh, exactly. Wow, okay. And then wow. Shane was, I was born in 79 and he was born in 83. So like three and a half, three and a half, almost four years younger. You, I think you, he was not a, I think he was a freshman. When I, was, I don't know. Eighth grader, freshman. When I was 
Right. You strike me as an oldest child. I, child. Yeah. I did yeah. not pick up on the oldest child. Oh yeah. What would you have thought? I I don't mean? know. Middle only? child. <laughs> Middle. Oh, actually, only, only child. Yeah. No, not only child. <laughs> You're too well adjusted for that. <laughs> well, um, tell us about your life growing up as a little cheesehead. Or, or a little dolphin head. Can you be a cheese head <laughs> if you're not a Packers fan? Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh, we ate cheese all the time. Yeah. All kinds of cheese. I am definitely allergic Mostly to cheese. Mostly processed cheese. <laughs> That's the only Are reason. You, there's cream cheese in the ooey gooey yep. butter cake. Well, I'm going to do bad at tomorrow's workout too. I'm not going to be in the lane next to you. <laughs> <laughs> or in a lane by the bathrooms. No. You're probably going to get it anyways. <laughs> um... I tried one to, day you and Charlie, it was like you were playing musical instruments. Oh, and that's Charlie, Charlie bombs them too. Like Charlie like, does. Oh yeah. yeah. And, but it's, they stink. A lot of mine, probably 90% of mine are real loud and, and I can try to blame them on cat, but <laughs> only 10% smell. The other smell you get is my knee pads. But. Oh my God. Anyways, this is not about smelly Dave. <laughs> no, bad luck. Um, so are you, you still close with your brothers? I am pretty close with my brothers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we talk, like, I don't see them a whole time because we don't go, I'm not up there very often. They, yeah. My youngest brother travels more. His wife pushes him a little bit to travel. Um, so I was just up there and I got to see all of them. So their kids are younger. All their kids are younger. They're more Nora's age. So she, Wisconsin is her favorite place to go oh, nice. in the entire world. Yeah. And cousins. Yeah. Yeah, cousins nice. her age. So, yeah, I just, it was a super small town I grew up in, like twelve thousand seven hundred twenty-seven. Because you would pass a sign every day, look to see if it changed. Wait, what 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 city? Wow. Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Oh. Have you heard of Lime Lime Pool? Yeah. Yeah. The town started out oh, yeah. on a brewery. Yeah. Um, word on the street was that you were valedictorian. Oh gosh. Is that true? Research. There was true. a lot of valedictorians in my in my class though. Yeah. What? Because we didn't have weighted grades. So anybody that had a 4.0, they didn't do add anything else in. So So you were a valedictorian. I was. Did you get to do a speech? Did you have I did a speech? Really? We didn't have to. We got to pick to do a speech. What did what did you talk about? Oh gosh. I don't know. I cried. <laughs> My biggest concern was I just wanted people to cheer for me when I did a speech. So <laughs> did they cheer? <laughs> they did, yes. yes, there you go. <laughs> they cheer. High school valedictorian gets cheers. We had a you know how different classes we had a pretty wild crazy class okay. so there was a lot of stuff to talk about that like plenty of stuff to talk about yeah that was that was terrifying though because it was a really small town but we had a big high school like hmm. 300 probably in my graduating class so it was oh, okay. because the town was small but there was only one high school yeah. so so it was a fairly big class did you play sports growing up i did gymnastics uh-huh. growing up i did uh, maybe one year of cheer, uh, cheer, did cheerleading in middle school and one year in high school. Well, I should correct that. Maybe two years. Our high school was, our building was small. So we didn't actually go to high school building until 10th grade. Our ninth graders stayed okay. in the middle school and had mm-hmm. to walk over to the high school for sports. It was like a half mile. Wow. That's why. <laughs> that is very small town. Yeah. We were doing some CrossFit workout and I feel like Megan and I were on a team versus you and somebody else. And we were like low key competing. And it was having to Wait, like... Was it the handstand hold? Yes. Because I was <laughs> like, long time this ago. is great. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to totally be great for our team. And I get up on our, our hands and or my hands and like 
my, I'm like, oh, this is like 200 pounds right all on my wrists. I think I'm going to die or pass out. I don't know what's going to happen first. And I look over and Amber's asleep. She's upside down in her hands, just like, just chilling. I was like, what is happening over here? You crushed us on that one. You crushed us on that one. We were just talking about that today. Abigail and I, we were doing some handstand push-up stuff. And she she was like, yeah, my, and we saw the, the semi, we're talking about the semifinal workouts for teams and they have to do pirouettes. Oh. Handstand yeah. pirouettes. And she was like, oh, yeah, my mom can do those. Do and I was really like, yeah. Those? yeah. Oh, that's so fun. That's a, not an easy thing to learn if you've never done it yeah. before, though. How? how Three times. If you. Three rotations. Before, without coming down at all? Yeah. Oh, that's a lot. Parallettes or para, pirouettes? Pirouettes. So in. Wets? Pirouettes. So in, like, when I was in high school gymnastics, you had to put these routines together and your skills were worth certain. Like, you were trying to get the most difficulty in your routine. And a handstand pirouette was something you could do that would bump up your difficulty. Um, and it was just a double. Hmm. So like a high school, like a decent high school gymnast would put a, a double. So a triple pirouette's a big deal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't even, I'm going to have to look that up. What, what did you, like yeah, you just turn around? Oh, in circles. you're so, spinning. Yeah. You turn in circles. Oh, that's what they had to do during uh, the games. Um, it was the double under crossover. No, they never they had, had to, to spin around. Oh, that's gonna be hard to judge. I feel like you like just kind of like like walk in a circle kind of thing. Yeah, you. Yeah, it, there's a box that you have to stay in. I think, and you probably you have, have to have your hands. Around. They have to be a certain way, and by yeah. the time that's gonna be the hard part. Yeah, Amber, when did you stop doing gymnastics? Uh, after high school. After high school. I mean, at, when high school was done. Yeah. I coached after that, though. That was really oh. fun. That was oh, really? In college. I was when I was in college. I coached high school gymnastics. Oh wow! So I was like their age. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was super fun. Where'd you go to college? I was at University of Wisconsin Madison. Go Badgers. You're a Badger. Fun fact, and I this could be a this could not even be a fact, but I believe <laughs> uh, Grace's mom. I, the reason why I knew uh, Wisconsin stuff a little bit is just because Grace's mom went to. Uh, the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. That's where my brothers went. Yeah. Both Did you say lacrosse? Yeah. It's a town. That's a town. But okay. apparently every single like university in, in Wisconsin is called the University of Wisconsin and yeah. in the city. Yeah. Fun fact, audience. That was a fact. <laughs> Wait, yeah. can I can I like suss that? All the state same? universities. Yeah. Like the So like Ohio University and Ohio State University. Completely different, but they'd be Ohio uh, Ohio University Columbus, Ohio University Athens. Correct. Yes. Really? Yep. Okay. Weird, right? Yes, we're not satellite campus. Well, it's no, yeah, that's basically what it is. But completely different colleges. No, no, no. Completely, no, completely, well, different, it's colleges. completely different colleges. They're not satellite. Oh. I had the hardest time explaining that to Ryan. He's like, so when I because I transferred when my mom got sick, and he said, So you're going to a branch? I'm like, no, I'm going to a different, different college. Yeah, He's like, yeah. no, it's called Whatever that means, it's a branch. I'm like, no, it's not a branch. It's just a yeah. That's, that's just how they're all called. Because University of Wisconsin Badgers, mm-hmm. but then the one lacrosse mascot is I forget a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Luke just rolled his eyes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna hit your head. But, your but they're all different divisions. You like yeah. Uh, University of Wisconsin. Like people just call that Wisconsin. Yeah. Like if you are go if you go to Wisconsin, you go to UW. That's just Wisconsin. The rest they just call them all by their their city name. Oh, okay. Um, but Wisconsin is D one. Obviously, is a Power Five. I think Milwaukee is a D one. I don't know. I think Milwaukee is, and I believe Green Bay is at least in some sports. Okay. But then a lot of the other ones are D three. Oh, interesting. They're smaller. 
word on the street is you also have your master's. I do. Did yes. you get that from Badgers? You your master's? I do. <laughs> Why do you sound so surprised? I just didn't know this. Oh. Yeah. I have a master's in school counseling, and I got it at Austin P State University in Tennessee. Yeah. When Ryan was in the army, I guess. So For it's like I got counseling? it while I was having kids. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a school counselor, like Sam and Natalie. What? I actually don't have my license anymore, though. I'd let it. It's expired. Right, yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, do we want to ask any more about... I want to hear about how you met Ryan, but do we want to ask any more childhood? I thought you did... Did you do some collegiate sport? No. Oh. So you did mention that your... You said your mom got sick. Yes. Tell us about that. So she... My... She was young. Like, she was my age. That's really, it's really weird when you get, like, get to that, like, stage where you think your parents were old, but they weren't really old. Mm. So, I was in college in Wisconsin. So, I I guess I would have been, I had already met Ryan at this point. So, I probably would have been my third year. Because I was there for three years. And she had been not feeling well. Um, and I kind of knew, like I talked to her a lot. We were, we were close, but she also like would talk about it a lot without really saying, she would just be like, Oh, my ribs hurt so bad. And I couldn't vacuum. And, and I remember my brother, my brother, my brother just wanted me calling me once and being like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on with her. Does she just like all the kids, does she just miss us? Is she trying to get attention? He's like, if she really hurts as bad as she says she hurts, she has got something else going on. And he was kind of venting like, like what is going on with her? So she had some multiple appointments, but she kept going, she kept going to different doctors and she hadn't, she didn't really have a primary care doctor. And she was probably, she wasn't, she was a smoker. She wasn't super heavy, but she probably had a little bit of weight to lose. So everywhere she went, she said, my ribs hurt. It hurt. Like, I just hurt and they did, you know, uh, tests for like arthritis and stuff like that. All that was fine. And they basically, multiple doctors just said, you just gotta, you gotta quit smoking and lose some weight. You gotta quit smoking and lose some weight. Um, so this was probably like four months worth and she was just getting worse. And I did not have a great relationship with my dad. So I wasn't talking to him at the time. I only got information from her. So she had one more appointment with somebody and she was so relieved after because the doctor said to her, tell me how you feel. Tell me how you feel. And she said she told him she felt like her bones were breaking from the inside. So they did a bone marrow biopsy and they did, I don't know if they did a CT or an MRI, but she had three broken ribs and she had six tumors on her bones. Um, so they, she was diagnosed with um, multiple myeloma, which oh. is like a bone marrow cancer. And it's not super, the time when she, I think it's become more common, like Tom Brokaw, that's what he had. My grandpa that's, had that. Yes. But when she got it, like most of the people that got it were old black men. Mm-hmm. So they, it wasn't just, wasn't something they would have tested for with mm-hmm. her. So she got diagnosed with that and it was pretty aggressive. Hers was pretty aggressive. I can't remember if they staged it. I was so, I was, you know self-centered and what 21 years old so i just knew that she was sick um and there's no cure for multiple myeloma there's mm-hmm. still no cure for multiple myeloma yeah. so um she had a i moved home at that point i moved back i moved in with them and transferred colleges um and i think ryan and i were engaged at that point no no i don't know maybe we were almost engaged we were together i don't know we were together um and she had a bone marrow transplant 
So they took out all her bone marrow, um, cleaned it, and put it back in like, it's like her own bone marrow, but it's like she's a baby. Um, and that put her in remission for probably three years. She had three, so she was 45 when she got diagnosed. And she had three really healthy, like she felt really good for about three years. Wow. And then it came back mm. like super hard and super fast. Mm. Um, so she actually has five brothers. Uh, so the next step for her would have been a bone marrow transplant with with a match. And I can't remember it. At least two of her brothers are perfect matches, mm. but it just came back so fast that they just couldn't even get everything in order. Like I remember her calling me because she couldn't put the milk uh, like just the things she was embarrassed about, like yeah. okay, go to the grocery store. I can't even put the milk on the. I'm like, it's okay. Someone will help me. I don't want someone to help me. So, um, but at our wedding, she was super healthy. She yeah. felt great. Um, she looked great. She she was still pretty healthy when she. Abigail was born six months before she died, mm. and even I want to say when she when it when she stopped her mission, it was probably four months before she died. So it just came back really fast. So she didn't get the bone marrow. Turns out she ended up getting pneumonia. Um, and she was in, like, she was alive for a good week with the pneumonia, but she was not, like, we couldn't talk to her. She was not, wow. you know, once we turned everything off, it was probably like two hours. So, yeah, mm. it was, it wasn't rough. Probably she was 48 when she died. Wow. Yeah. Um, your dad's still around? He is, yes. <laughs> He'll be alive forever. <laughs> he is, yeah. He's he's doing he's he's doing good. He's he he struggled. He well, I mean, of course, anyone's gonna struggle. Yeah. Um, he struggled in that he like there's in my family there's a lot of like history with alcohol, and he's he drinks a lot. He's super like functional, very functional. Like coached my brothers and everything. Was you know great provider was a he didn't have a college degree but my parents got married young he had a um like a tech school degree in yeah. drafting draft like if not engineering but essentially he was an engineer basically but he yeah. didn't have a he didn't have a college degree so if you've ever he worked for a company called presto for his whole life so if you've ever heard of like the salad tuner it's way back in the day or the possessed i'll have to show you like he he designed those and invented them like his name's on the on the really? uh, yeah, on the, um, the, patent or whatever. the patents. Yes. Oh, wow. Salad shooter. Oh my gosh. It's like a handheld like slicer shredder. So you can put like, it's, I'll show you. I'll, we, um, we'll have to see out. upstairs. Megan got a salad like thing. It doesn't spinner. actually do salad. It like most like, it's really. It's a grater. It's great. It for, it's a, yeah, it's grater and it is great for cheese and. Anyway, so that was like his claim to fame. So he was, so I say, so when I say that drinking, I need to, I want to be careful. Cause like he was super like, you know, nine to five, great provider, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he would come home and he, you know, after baseball, coaching baseball, he would drink. But he, when she passed away, she, she had a lot of boundaries in mm-hmm. place for him that he had a hard time at first mm-hmm. trying to navigate through, mm-hmm. like yeah. trying to figure out how, like how to function really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the kind of cool thing that she, I remember her telling me not long before she died was that she felt they, they had a really tumultuous, like love, hate, like just be probably mostly because of the alcohol. Um, but she told me she felt like she had him back for three years mm. because they had to travel. So my town is small and they had to drive to Rochester, Minnesota to Mayo Clinic for tons of all of her stuff was there. 
And so, like, she just got to be with him in the car for, you know, two hours. She just felt like it was, like, the three, probably the three best years of their marriage. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, kind of cool. So, he's remarried now. Um, His wife, they're both retired. Um, She was a nurse, which is good good for him. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be my follow-up question. Yeah. He's been, uh, 10 years, I think, he's been married now. Oh. Yeah. Which is good. We were kind of pushing him for a while. He didn't, he didn't. Yeah. Do you feel like you're more like your mom or your dad? I'm probably I'm probably more like my dad. Mm. Oh, yeah? I would not usually probably admit that, but I think it's why we clashed a lot. So, yeah. Okay. Was your dad innate? Ooh, what is what what do I think he is? I think he is an eight he could be a three even. Huh. That's a really interesting question. And your Enneagram number is? One. <clears throat> the, per- the, the perfectionist. The perfectionist. Yes. The perfect. Perfect. Yes. But in their own eyes. <laughs> how, much do your, how much do your family's influence that, though? Because I texted my brothers today, because you guys sent me the questions. I said, mm. what do you, like, I can't, I can't remember what I said. Something about, tell me, tell me something about what it was like to grow up, you know, yeah. Yeah, family. Yeah, what My brothers, my brother, only one responded. And he said... So we had, I don't know if you guys did this when you were young in elementary, because I went to school in the 1900s. So. (laughs) (laughs) I did too. Jeez. Yeah. Way back in the 1900s. So we had this thing called minute math in school. And it was how you passed your math facts. So you would get every single day you would get, it was part of your like daily work. You'd get a sheet, like a half sheet of paper that had however many math facts. And you would start with addition and you start with the ones. And once you got, you'd move on like every day if you passed it. So you had a minute to do this sheet of math facts mm-hmm. and you had to get them all right and be, so you'd like race to get done, you flip your paper over and you only pass if you got them all right. Mm. Um, so then, and everyone knew where everybody else was. So, you know, you could get all the way through division. Like, you know, I think it went through nines. So I don't think it went through twelves. So <laughs> when my brother responded, he said, this is what it was like growing up in our house. Hey dad, I got all my questions right on my minute math today. Dad, were you the first one done? <laughs> <laughs> so That's funny. Yep. Were you the first one done? So maybe, what's the competitive one? Is it three? Yeah. Three? Yeah. Three. Huh. So during, during that story that you were telling about your mom, so what, when did you end up meeting Ryan? I met Ryan. I was still in Madison at college um was right before i had i had turned 21 and he was not 21 yet because he's three weeks younger than me what a baby yes so we we actually started talking before that on aol instant messenger again yes. from the 1900s wow. you guys faxed Facts. Yes. It was real weird because you had to stand by that fax machine. We were and out. Fax. Couldn't let somebody else grab it because it was your conversation. We so our my town was so small, but he he was at West Point in New York and I was at in Wisconsin. So I my sophomore year I lived in a house with nine girls. And the people that I lived with were a combination of people from my hometown and people that we had met freshman year. Um it was kind of like two groups. Two groups of people came together. Um, and he was at West Point in his, it wasn't his roommate. I don't think Derek was his roommate. Maybe they had been or they were, but they were in the same like whatever unit. 
Um, Derek was from my hometown and he went to the Catholic school, which is literally across the street from our school. And the Catholic school had like 30 people per class or maybe 20. So they came to our school a lot to take different courses that they didn't have. They would walk over, (laughs) walk across the street, come to our school. So Derek knew Ryan at West Point. And then I had multiple roommates from my hometown. And Derek, when he went off to West Point, made it like his goal. I don't know if it was really a goal, but he dated like every girl from our hometown. He went, but the long distance, like he would hit them up on AOL and send messages. So he, he literally like talked to multiple of my roommates that were from our hometown. So one, the one I shared a room with in particular, actually both of them were named Nicole, but the one I shared a room with was talking to Derek, but she was also talking to multiple other guys. And I just assumed Derek knew this. So I don't know. They, Ryan, he had kind of like, he would pop up and talk to me and ask me things. And I just knew he was Derek's roommate or knew Derek. I didn't really know him. And he asked me one day where Nicole was. And I said, oh, she's out with, uh, with, uh, Barry. This is Derek asking? Nope. Ryan was asking on Derek's behalf. He was like, oh, hey, Amber, what's she doing? What's up? Where's Nicole? Is she? And I was like, no, she's out with Barry. Well, I guess Derek did not know she was dating other people. So all of a sudden they started making all these jokes to Nicole, like Derek and Ryan would, would ail message Nicole and say, you must be having a very good day. She got so mad at me that I blocked him. Blocked Ryan. I blocked Ryan. Yep. And blocked Derek. Cause it was Ryan that did it. Like he asked me and he told Derek. So I blocked him and I did not talk to him for months. And I, and then the end of the school year, you move into a new apartment. So I moved into an apartment with just one of those girls and I got a new computer and I don't know what happens. I don't, I don't know if somehow he wasn't blocked when I got on my new computer. So his name popped up and he was like, Hey, remember me? And I got <laughs> choice words for that. <laughs> I, was like, I thought I blocked you. Oh, yeah. So then we started talking. So that was my junior year. Of college. What, a, what a great, you know, pickup line. <laughs> yeah. I, remember I have some choice words for you. <laughs> wow. Let's talk. <laughs> so we started talking at that point and then Derek was then dating, was then talking to this roommate that I was a different Nicole that I lived with. Um, So they wanted to all go to West Point has formals. They wanted to like all go to a formal and I did not want to go to this formal, not having met Ryan, even though I knew Derek and it gave some kind of credit. Like I knew Ryan was a real person and probably not a serial killer. You know, I wasn't like going in blind. But probably not. So you did this. <laughs> so you did this. Yes. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> so we were supposed to go to go to a dance, but I wanted to meet Ryan first before I went to New York. So Derek and Ryan were gonna come for a football game and they were gonna come for the Ohio State Wisconsin game because obviously Ryan was a Ohio State fan and I was a Wisconsin fan. Yeah. Um we had we were always at the game, so it was a huge party. Um, so anyway, it turns out Derek gets in trouble and he can't come like, and by that time, Ryan and I had been talking like, like talking more. We're like, like, like talking. Yeah. Like, like, yes. Like, like almost on AOL. Yes. Like if it, if this had all happened early on, it would have been like, oh, whatever, no big deal. But then once it had been months, you know, or weeks, I don't know. It felt like months. Um, Derek couldn't come and he got and Ryan's like, maybe I shouldn't come. And then I was like, Oh no, I think you should. Um, oh. so yeah. And I think we were talking on the phone at that point. We only messaged for a while and I did not want to talk on the phone with him. And then he said something about, he had to shine his boots one night. So if I wanted to talk to him, I had to let him call me or 
don't know if you really like to shine his boots. <laughs> Trickery. <laughs> that was just, that was Ryan his, was playing hard to get. Yeah. He's yeah. lying in the sand. This is, yeah, this is, okay, keep going. Yeah, so, De- so Derek didn't get to come because he was on whatever trouble they get in at West Point. They had to pull guard duty or something. And yeah. so Ryan, something gets messed up with his flights. I keep wanting to say snow, but it wouldn't have been snow in October. Maybe it, could it was. I think, I think it was snow. Huh. Were you there? Concerned. No, I've heard this story multiple times. Oh. <laughs> it's so good though. But it's even funnier to think about that we didn't have we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have maps in our cars. We literally didn't have anything. I yeah. was in Wisconsin and he was supposed to fly in to Wisconsin. Well, then the flights all start getting messed up. And he's like, Do you still want me to come? And I'm like, Yeah, I mean, you've gone this far, you may as well still come. So then He's supposed to come to Madison, but it gets all messed up, so he has to fly into Chicago. And I'm like, well, it's okay. I'll just come get you. I'll bring one of my friends and come get you. Well, none of them were available. So Wisconsin is a good hour and a half from Chicago. And then his airport kept getting... I don't even know how I knew. I think I was stopping and using pay phones. To call the airport? I don't know, because I know he was supposed to be coming into O'Hare, but then he came into It's love. Midway. It's the magic of love. Man, it was and destiny. Yes. How did we function as as a society? I don't know, but somehow I got there. And you could go back to the gate then. So I'm like looking yeah. around trying to figure out who he is. Like I had seen pictures of him, but there was no FaceTime. There was no That's anything. so crazy. Did you see him on the Insta? There was no Insta. She she received a fax of his face. There was oh, not yeah. there was not even webcams. There was not like no way. Just so a picture. You, I literally got a picture in the mail. He sent me a picture, a couple pictures in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> He sent me pictures in the mail. Yes. And I had I them it. hanging up. Yep. I love it. Did you and he thought those? I had curly hair because one of the pictures I sent him, I was like all dolled up for some party we were having at our house. Yeah. We had when we lived with the nine girls, we had a lot. We had, we had parties sometimes. Um yeah. and I, like my hair was all curly. And he was like, I thought you had curly hair. <laughs> like, no. It was a trick. It was a trick. Gotcha. Yeah. Got you flying to Chicago. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. So you went to... And then we got stuck there yeah. in Chicago. That's wild. That's and wild. my friends were so mad at me. Really mad. That's why he's like, yeah, just I wanted to make sure I met him so that I knew he was a serial killer. So I'll just go out <laughs> by myself to another state you know, <laughs> that nobody knew where I was. Yeah, that I had no way to contact anybody. And no. then get stuck. And, yeah. and get stuck. Oh, yes. my gosh. We got stuck. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep. Well, we definitely got stuck in Chicago. Well... So, Wow. Well, so, so after we the four, and it went well. Yeah, the, we it went well. We went to the game. Wisconsin won. Thank goodness. There you go. Um, and then, yeah, it, it went. Uh, I mean, obviously, it went well. Did you end up going to the formal? Yes. Oh, nice. We went to the formal. Um, there's a lot of formals. So we went. To, I went to a lot of formals after that with him. So at your wedding, did you have people with the? the we did. Oh my gosh, yes. the swords! I just yeah. raised my hand. That's what. The <laughs> can't see. Don't they shoot off a bunch of guns? They no, that's at funerals. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a twenty-one gun salute. Yeah, that's, that's when someone dies. Well, yeah, at that point, Ryan may have, he got he got hives when we went to look at apartments. <laughs> he did. Yes. Got hives. He tried to convince me he was allergic to the soap, but he like broke out in hives when we went and looked at apartments. Because he was so nervous, or just <laughs> so, really yes. Oh, poor so little when, Wyan. When, yeah, when did it go from girlfriends. like poor little Wyan? <laughs> when did it go from like dating to like okay, this is serious. We get engaged. It was very quick. Um, I mean, and we talk. I mean, 
it's a different kind of relationship when you're all long distance, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. every time we saw each other it was a big party. Everything was extravagant, especially at West Point. It's it's every like they do. It's balls and it's you know yeah, big ceremonies. Are like, it's a lot of fanfare. Yeah. And then you know we would go to when I would go to New York, we would go to a Broadway play, or we would go to like there's all it was always so that was always the like we always wondered. Will we be okay when it's just normal life? Mm. We weren't for a while, <laughs> but um, we we had a, a it was a it was a it was a I don't know tumultuous maybe dating period. Who's somebody supposed to mine? It's not mine. So great question. <laughs> what advice would oh, you gosh. give a, a soon-to-be-married couple about the first year of marriage? Oh. Don't 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 do it. it. Don't get deployed. Don't. Was he? Well, I have the second question. Then. What's no. what's yeah? What advice would you give about first year marriage? Yeah, that's a good one. Well, Cecil, you better be listening. <laughs> here's what I will say. Most most people, especially a lot like you and Grace, or a lot of the people that we that we know now in our circle are going to fare a lot better than Ryan and I did. Like we did not do things the right way and we were a mess and we had we had so much of our and I know everybody has baggage but we had so much baggage we were I mean we talked about upstairs like a tornado and a hurricane like we were either madly in love or we were screaming like screaming at each other and we were like drama like we we should not be married and I'm sure people took bets at our wedding like how long it was going to last (laughs) I threw a phone at him the day before our wedding and I remember my dad going you think this is a good idea (laughs) (laughs) like like at that point like phone off the wall a cordless phone yes they had cordless phones in night 2002 oh the Nokia brick no 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 no. you still had to dock it because the cordless phone still used the lines oh, right underground she so, threw the fax machine <laughs> yes <laughs> through the fax machine yes, yes. but obviously so, didn't hit him so right? you guys would be set up you guys so like a support like people in your life hard. to support yeah yes it's it's hard expect that expect that it's hard and i think i i think i probably threatened to leave and pretended to leave like multiple times like, i'm driving back to wisconsin and then i would come back and he'd be sleeping and then I'd be like, you th- how can you even sleep when you think I'm leaving you? You're not leaving me. <laughs> wow. It was rough. It was it was rough. We didn't trust each other a lot. And we yeah. and we had reason not to trust each other. And we had no faith. We were not Christians at that point. And we would have we drank a lot and we partied a lot. And it was yeah. it was something. So kind of like tie this in because like Ryan's in the army. Yeah. You guys are married. We are married. You're not, you're not Christians yet. No. Like how, when, how does all this stuff change? Cause he gets deployed at some point. He did. You have a kid at some point. Another kid. We had a lot of kids. You have, you have, yeah, you, you become Christians at some point. Mm-hmm. Tie that together. Okay. So it's, it's so, it's interesting to try and tie together because now looking back, I can see all the ways that God was working before we even, we even knew it. Um, but I grew up Catholic and he grew up Catholic. We both grew up Catholic. Um, and before we, and we were, did you get married in a Catholic? We did. Oh, wow. Yep. We got married in a Catholic church. Yeah. And then threw an absolute rage after. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, that's a Catholic way though, right? Huh? Yeah. Like I, there's a picture of me standing by myself with an umbrella because Ryan and all the, 
all of the bridal party, including the bridesmaids, were all at the bar. And I was, like, still getting pictures taken. <laughs> and again, my dad's like, this is a good idea. Oh, my. Yes, dad. Yes, we, the, good our, the priest threatened not to marry us because we had... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. We had, I love so that. the priest that married us is not the priest that I grew up with. So we were, like, very much in and out of church. And I think looking back now... Like, we weren't every Sunday Catholic. And my mom did not grow up Catholic. My dad grew up Catholic. And he went to Catholic school. Um, I think I think our spurts had more to do with, like, when you when your kids are Catholic, they have to get First Communion. Mm-hmm. And they have to get... So I think there were certain times that my parents made it more of a priority because we had, sure. you know, yeah. certain things we were trying yeah. to meet. Um, but there, the, the priest that was there, like, he married my parents. Like, he was there forever. He retired. So he did not do our wedding. Um, Father Songberger was his name. He's a super, super nice guy. Um, but it was a priest that didn't really know, know us or my family. And we had, I had eight bridesmaids. He had eight groomsmen. And then we had 12 saber bearers. So 12 guys with swords. Yeah. Um, so we had a huge wedding party and they, I mean, it was just, we were the first ones to get married. Um, they, they had just graduated West Point. We got married June 21st and they had graduated like the beginning of June. So it was like maybe even more of a graduation party than mm. a wedding. I don't think anyone, like there were probably 12 speeches at our wedding. And I don't think until like the fourth person they actually said, congratulations to us. One <laughs> 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 of one of the guys wow. was going up I'm like, you better, you better say something about this wedding. So the whole, the whole rehearsal, like pe- the guys came to the rehearsal drunk and the yeah. priest was like, if you show up tomorrow, you are drunk. I will not marry this couple. Dang. So I um, love that. And, they, and, they, and one guy was, he was not sober, but he did marry us. It was a really big, it was a huge Empty wedding. threats by that priest. Yes. Empty, <laughs> empty on. threats. Yeah. Come on. Man. So we got married in a Catholic church. We had to do a premarital, um, like retreat. And I remember, I remember both of us taking it very seriously. I feel like in the Catholic church, I, learned that the Bible was real and I believe that like not that you would actually read it but that what it said was real and that it was important and that it was holy and like you shouldn't use it to prop up a window because it's holy and my, my dad got really mad at me for that once um and oh, okay the, yeah the window was broken and so I was like oh this is a thick book we'll just prop up the window no holy book don't use it to prop up a window but don't read it. like I didn't learn to read it um but I remember but I feel like he was similar like he had he had times too where he he took the what he had of faith seriously and i feel like i did too but we just didn't understand like we didn't understand the gospel for sure um and then our friend derek who's the one that in- introduced us he went to the catholic school um so i remember when i don't know if we were engaged but we were dating and ryan is reading the left behind series oh gosh yes oh no and he he is like <laughs> Like enraptured by like like so the Left Behind series is about it's like the an end times book okay like, it's, it's a fictional it's fictional a fictional series. fictional book about the rap so he was like and after, after that. <clears throat> he was like you've got oh, to read no. this book it is so it is so interesting like it's so good and I had different experiences in my family so my dad grew up Catholic but he was not like he was a, a maybe a rule follow like his rules whatever he thought his rules were. Um, my mom came to the Catholic church, but never converted to Catholicism. And she grew up in a Protestant house and her 
So she, there were six kids in their family. She was the only girl. She was the second in her family. And my grandpa, who just turned 91, um, he, he, I think had different phases. So I think he had, he had a phase with his maybe first three kids that was probably spiritual abuse. Mm. Um, She came home one day because someone told her she was going to hell and he did not know how to answer her and opened up the Bible and stumbled on a gospel verse um, and shared it with her. He's convinced that that's when she was saved. Um, She was a high schooler. But then at that point he realized he didn't know what he believed. So he started studying feverishly, but he did not, it didn't change his heart. It caused him to be, um, like real legalistic kind of, yes. Hey, you should follow my rules. My like in, in abusive, like Mm -hmm. angry, he had an awful temper. Mm -hmm. Um, so my mom was, she called him a Bible beater and a Bible thumper. Mm -hmm. Um, he used it against them. Mm -hmm. And so she was very hesitant about religion, but my grandpa had a huge, a huge change somewhere in there. Um, maybe I think my mom was an adult almost. Cause I know it took, she was barely repairing her relationship with him when she passed away, but he had a change. So my youngest uncle, her youngest brother, who's 15 years younger than her. So he's only like eight, seven, eight years older than me. He has told me that my mom had a different dad than hmm. he did. No so he like, I can't even imagine him like how she would describe him, but all that to say, she had a, a real weird you know, kind of feeling about religion. Like, yeah, it's okay if you believe it, but you can't take it too serious. You know, if you, if you get too into it, you're going to become an abusive. And, um, so anyway, all that to say, I felt like I, I believe that there was a God. I believe that Jesus, when I was Catholic, I believe that Jesus died to save me. If I had gone to confession and taken, you know, all the things, you know, I didn't quite understand. So, um, so Ryan starts reading this book and I was like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? Like, I'm not dating this guy that's reading some Christian book. Like I am not this this is dating. weird dating or yeah. engaged. Like yeah. I didn't want, want to break it off with him. If it had been earlier, I probably would have been like, no, okay, mm. yeah. this is, this is too weird for me. Um, but I also had, I had some examples of Christians in my life. And one was a friend in high school who had a huge transformation in high school. Um, and then my uncle that that's just like eight years older than me. So I had some example and my grandpa, because mm-hmm. I knew him as loving and kind and, you know, mm-hmm. still a still legalistic, but you know, yeah. not not mean. So anyway, I end up getting Derek is reading this book, Ryan's reading this book, they're telling me to read it. And so we're on an airplane and he gave me his uh because he had finished it. So I start reading it. And I literally remember being on an airplane and thinking, Oh my gosh, like if if this is what a Christian, I always consider myself a Christian. I'm reading, there's Bible verses in there. I didn't know the Bible said the things that were in there, but I believe that the Bible was real. So I'm sitting there going like, well, wait a minute. I believe the, like the Bible's a holy book, but I didn't know it said this. So if it says this, what does that mean for me? And, and I'm reading it processing going, okay, so I get it. Like, if this is what a Christian is, I am not that. And I can be okay with that. (laughs) It's like, I'm okay with that. But then I knew it also helped me see who in my life was. Mm. It was a really clear. So it's so funny because that series gets a ton of awful yeah. like criticism because it's not accurate. It's not whatever, yeah. but yeah. it was really life-changing for both of us mm. in terms of like understanding, understanding maybe what actually 
a Jesus follower is yeah. and being able to say, I'm not there. I'm not ready, Yeah. but I get it. And hopefully I, hopefully, hopefully I figure it out before I die. Mm. So, yeah. so that was maybe the start of it. Um, and then I think I just kind of coasted. We just kind of coasted for a while. Like we just had fun and got married. Uh, we were not Christians when we got married. We, I, we lived apart for six months. Uh, I was in Wisconsin and he was at a, officer school in Georgia and then I when I transferred when my mom got sick I had to add on like a half a year to get my degree in sociology I changed my major like 15 times in college um mm-hmm. and then I moved down to Georgia because he had six more months in Georgia and we Derek lived with us it was like a hotel room man Derek is everywhere and we were all just like still reading these books watching the first season of American Idol we didn't have like it was literally oh, wow. a hotel. Whoa, we had that's when beds. you know you're old. Yes. <laughs> Would you watch the first season of American Idol? In Dang. we didn't have like we called the bed the Ted because we it was like a table bed and we only it was literally like a hotel room. So I we had a hot plate and I made hamburger helper every night and then we flushed down the toilet what we didn't eat and used the bathroom sink to clean stuff. Derek slept in one bed and Ryan and I slept in another bed. Um, yeah, so healthy. <laughs> So, in the world and we didn't go to church and we had like you know it was we just yeah. were living like college students yeah. basically um and then we moved to tennessee or fort Campbell, kentucky was where he um was where he got sent and we knew he was going to deploy quickly after he got there so i got gosh i found out i was pregnant the day he deployed the first time so, so this was, he was going to Iraq. So 9-11 happened. Um, his class at, at West Point, there's a certain point where you can leave. Because at West Point, they pay for your education. And there's like a, a day you have to say, I'm either staying or I'm going. His class was the first class that, that got, that had the opportunity to leave after 9-11. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. Um, the the guys older than them like they were already kind of committed yeah um so he knew he was going to deploy soon and we i can't remember anyway i we knew i might be pregnant i took a test in the morning and it was negative uh because it was super early dropped him off to say goodbye came back and pulled the test out of the no garbage can and there's a really really light pink line oh my gosh and then I, but then you're not supposed to look at it after 10 minutes so i'm like oh it's probably fake but you couldn't get on google because there was no google <laughs> yeah so then i drove and got more tests and took them and they were all positive yeah so I, he hadn't left yet so i called him and told him and uh oh is it time it's time man it's such a good story dude. Mm-hmm. no I don't even know. Screw the gym. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Okay, we'll figure out something with Jim. <laughs> fill up anyway. Yeah. Um. So he left. He found out. He knew I was pregnant. We fate. We uh three way call. Was it a three way call? You guys wouldn't know. It was the 1900s. No, it was the 2000s. No, yeah, you could do three way. Yeah. We somehow called his parents and my parents and told them, and he was. He must. We had cell phones at that point. We did have a cell phone. He had a cell phone. Yeah. This might have been the Motorola yes, uh, Razor. Yes, it was a... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, before that. <laughs> yeah. Before the Razor. So we called his parents and my parents. They didn't, neither, none of them were happy because we 
I don't even remember where this question came from. We everything we did was very fast. So we met when we we met face to face when we turned twenty one. We were turning twenty one. My junior year, we got engaged New Year's Eve or the day before New Year's Eve of my senior year. So it was not barely a year, and then we got married six months after that. Um, and then I was pregnant. You know, a year. I mean. We were apart for six months, so I was probably pregnant. Six, it was probably, we just had our year anniversary, and mm-hmm. then I found out I was pregnant. Because he deployed in uh, July or August. Wow. Um. So none of our parents were very happy. Mm. And plus, he wasn't going to be there. We didn't know when he would be home. Yeah. yeah. Um, but while, while he was gone, God was doing some crazy things in him that are totally different. It's crazy. It's crazy to me because we became Christians at the same time, but we have completely different, we weren't even in the same country. We have completely different reasons why. Mm-hmm. Um, it but, wasn't like you both experienced the same thing at the same time. Yeah. It's like, no, same time, but. Same, yeah. Things. But I think like, I mean, God is, he knows more than all of us. And I think like he, he knew us well enough to know it wasn't going to work if it was just one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, he was going to bring us both along on the ride, but it was totally different. So he had his stuff going on there and his staff sergeant um, lived on our street in Tennessee. We rented a house and um, I had like two of his friends living with me. (laughs) Derek? Not Derek. (laughs) No. Were we still in... Derek lived with us in Georgia for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the hotel room, right? No, we after the hotel room we did get an apartment in Georgia, oh. and Derek stayed there too. Classic it wasn't Derek. really a hotel room. It was barracks, but it was like essentially like a hotel room. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. like a mini fridge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we did have an apartment for a little while in Georgia, Tennessee. We rented a house, and it was two other guys that he had from West Point. So he was gone, and they were there. Um, and but his staff sergeant was deployed with him, lived on the street. They were Christians. Him and his wife were Christians. And she went to this tiny little church in Tennessee. And he was there with Ryan. And he was talking to Ryan. Just, he was just like a good old boy. Like, you know, just genuine faith and not like trying to convert him. But he was just there with Ryan. Um, And I was at home. And really the biggest thing for me was I had read those books and I understood, um, what it meant maybe to be saved or not saved. And I was pregnant and I'm thinking, wait, wait a minute. Like it's one thing for me. It's one thing. If I decide I'm not ready for this, I don't, I don't want to follow Jesus, you know, whatever. But what if I teach my kid the wrong thing? Like Mm -hmm. then that's on me. Like their eternity is on me. So I need to figure this out. So I started emailing my friend from high school who I had seen this like life change in. And she was super patient with me and super, but one of my biggest questions was baptism because in the Catholic church, if an infant isn't baptized and something happens to them, they don't go to heaven. Mm. Um, They're like purgatory or something. Mm. Um, But I didn't feel like any of the stuff that I was, not that I was reading the Bible. I wasn't reading the Bible on my own. I was asking people about it, Uh, but I was asking her like, tell me about baptism. Like what, I don't understand, like, I'm pregnant, I'm in a baby, like, so she just explained so much about Christianity with me. So I'm, like, just processing this as I'm about to have a child, you know, this, like, it was a weight that fell on me, like, like, you're not just responsible for yourself anymore, you're responsible, you know, for 
for this little, we didn't know if she was a boy or a girl at the time. We didn't find out with her, which was really fun. Um, but if he had all his, his stuff going on over there with just being deployed, but he came home and I had gone to church a few times with Nancy was our neighbor and they, it was a super small free will Baptist church. And they did like an altar, they did altar calls. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like whatever, walk up the aisle. And I remember multiple times feeling like I like needed to go and just not like not going, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Well, he got home and we went to the church together because his staff sergeant was home too. So yeah. all four of us would go. Um, and the pastor there was a super awesome guy. The church had a lot of people that were related, but he was, the pastor wasn't related to them, but they pastor and his wife showed up at our house. Like, I think we had been to the church a few times and they showed up at our house with we like hid all of our alcohol because yeah. people at that church were not to drink yeah. at all. Yeah. So we literally, like we saw them walking up. I was like, oh my God, we're behind it. So, right, quick, I'll solve it. <laughs> and they, but we both knew, like we both, we hadn't really talked about it together, but we were both feeling this same thing, like this pull towards Jesus that we couldn't explain or couldn't understand. He had his reasons. I had, you know, the things I was starting to learn. And they, the pastor and his wife walk in and brought us cookies and they're like, so... You ready to give your life to Jesus? <laughs> and we were like, asked a few questions, but we were. Like, yeah. We weren't ready to walk up, and for, but with, for them to come and talk us through it, yeah. it was really a cool thing. Yeah. Um. So we prayed. We prayed with them in our house. I was, I mean, I was huge, like eight months pregnant, probably. Yeah. Um. And they left, and then we were like, now what? Like, yeah. <laughs> can I have a drink? What's going on? So it was really weird, but they were very much like, you need to get baptized right away. So I was, we were baptized. We had white gowns. Oh, you were baptized eight months pregnant. Yeah. Wow. So he probably was like pushing me down. (laughs) Abigail was baptized twice. Yes. Yes. Yep. And, um, and then, uh, that pastor, he, I mean, we're still in touch with him. He, he was incredible, but he met, and I think at the time we didn't understand how significant it was, but he met with us every single week, just Ryan and I before on Sunday morning, before he would, before church. Mm. So he's trying to get ready for a message, but he would spend an hour with us mm. every Sunday morning. And he went through this like new believers Bible study and we could ask him anything, like anything that we didn't understand, anything about culture, social questions, things that just. You're like, well, wait a minute, you know, what does this mean for this? What does this mean for this? And he just was so graceful and so like patient and kind with us. Like just the time he put in and like now knowing, cause Ryan does messages sometimes how stressful it is. Like knowing that this, that he did that is yeah. super cool. So that was the start of us walking with Jesus, which was a really like still tumultuous. Like we were, we were tumultuous for sure. So I don't even know what question you asked. Yeah, so I don't know if I answered it. You did. You did. You tied it all together. That was great. <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah. Tied it all together. Yeah. Wow. Um. Do we? We don't need to take a break. No. Do you? So, do you, I? I just said that. Do you like to take a break? I'm good. I I think during uh during dinner time, uh we were kind of talking about some of the questions we texted you and we talked about the hardest season in life. Was that it? It's. It's um. Probably a, like a longer version of that almost. Yeah. It was, and I think it's stuff that piles up on itself. So my, so we became Christians before my mom passed away. She was sick. Um, she passed away when Abigail was six months. 
Um, I did not tell her we got baptized because I knew she was, she knew we were going to church and she was very kind of hesitant, but she also had started reading her, reading a Bible. My grandpa had brought her a Bible. I knew, I know she was reading and starting to process through that stuff, but I did not know where, where she stood spiritually. And I was a baby, like baby Christian myself. Um, so her and I did not talk about faith things. So, um, so we got baptized, had Abigail, they were in Wisconsin. So I think maybe we saw them three times. Uh, they came right when she was born. Maybe we only saw her twice before she, before she died. Um, but when she died, I was super torn up about not, not know, like not knowing if she was saved really like and knowing I hadn't had any conversations with her about, you know, what she believed knowing she had so much kind of baggage. Um, but my grandpa was insistent. Like he was like, I was there when she was 15, you know, you know, you know, it was, it was genuine or whatever. This and He's like, and look, Amber, this is what she was reading. And this is what, you know, and of course my grandpa's like, oh my gosh, I have a <laughs> grandchild that just got baptized. He's over the moon. Not that his daughter died, but like, he's putting some pieces together. Mm-hmm. Like, like I didn't ruin everything. <laughs> um, but that was, so when, so when we were at her funeral was probably the very first answered prayer, like a big answered prayer that we had. Cause I was talking to Ryan and I was like, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to think, you know, about her. What do you think? He's like, I don't know. So we prayed and we prayed, he prayed probably what we prayed t- together. Like, just like God show us like, show like we didn't know what to pray. Like, I don't think we had ever prayed together like <laughs> out loud in our lives. Um, so we were at the funeral the next day. It was in the same church we got married in big, huge Catholic church. Same priest that almost refused to marry us. Also, also tried to refuse to do her funeral because she was not, did not convert to Catholicism. Oh, wow. It was awful. Um, this is God. I know. What's <laughs> this how do we, how do we unshout out? Yeah. So we couldn't do a full mass, which we wouldn't have done anyway. Right, right. Um, but he was doing his, I don't even know what they call it when you're at a Catholic funeral, but um, he was doing the message, like his little bit of a message. He was doing, he did a really good job. He did not know my mom, but my mom mostly stayed home. And then when we were older, she, you know, worked as a teller in a bank and just, you know, had done stuff. But most, like most of her life was kind of a stay at home mom. And he told a story and like this, her, at her funeral, it was awful weather. It was pouring rain, dark, gross. It was October, middle of October. Um, and so it was cold, yucky rain. And he told us some story about, I can't even exactly remember, but it was, he was basically saying, he was talking about her role as a mother and a wife and loving her children. Um, and about how there's an old wife's tale that, you know, back in the old days, you know, when women had to hang up laundry or whatever, that it, there was a certain day of the week that women would do it which was a Saturday. I think her funeral was on a Saturday. So I don't know how the story tied in, but basically he was telling the story that there's an old wives tale that God would honor the mothers by even on a rainy day, opening up the clouds so that the sun would shine down and dry the clothes. And when he, when he said it, literally the there's stained glass in this Catholic church. So the clouds must've parted, but the sun started like literally streaming through the windows. Like, like if you've been in a Catholic church when 
sun is streaming, but it goes from dark all of a sudden when the sun comes out, you know, mm. and all of a sudden it shines mm. through. It happened at the moment he said it. Like people, the whole church gasped. Everybody, oh. like it was so obvious to everybody. My brother starts sobbing. Ryan starts sobbing. My dad's <laughs> like, what is going on? Right now. The priest was like, see? (laughs) And I like I looked at Ryan, I'm like, like, this is like I think that he's answering our prayer. I Mm. think that she's safe, safe with him. And I don't I don't know that. Like that, you know, I don't but that just in that moment felt like he was like saying, Hey, I'm here, you know, I'm with you, I care for you, you know. So So, again, that didn't answer questions. So 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 Abigail's born, lose lose my mom that was tough and um we just kept having kids so it was a really (laughs) it was a it was a really crazy time in history how old were you guys in history in like 9-11 the iraq war yeah so what i'm realizing too is that i am not that much younger than you it's just you had your kids so much earlier than i did yeah so we're only six years apart yes because so, you were born in seventy nine, yeah. I was in eighty five. Yes, so yeah. so you're so you're so I was in the nineteen hundreds and early two thousand. Yeah, I, I was born in nineteen hundreds. I remember when I remember when nine eleven <laughs> yep. happened. Yeah, and it was just mm-hmm. and it was sixth grade. Yep, yep. I was in college. Yeah, and I walked downstairs, and my my mom had a little TV in the kitchen. Yeah. Well, no, I got on. I dialed up the internet to say good morning to Ryan. Yes. Wait for it to dial up. And, uh, yep. And I was like, hey, hey, good morning, whatever. And he's like, it's not a good morning. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, like, sorry, whatever. He's like, have you have you seen the news? And I was like, no. He's like, you need to go. So I walked downstairs and it one plane had already hit, but the other had not hit uh-huh. yet. So my wow. mom and I just like, I didn't know what to do. I went to class, but then yeah. we didn't have class. It was yeah. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was crazy. So that was before we got married, because he was still at West Point, but that kind of started this time of war. So so we have Abigail. We lose my mom when Abigail's six months. Um, and then I got pregnant with Abigail with Madeline pretty quickly because she was born less than a year after my mom died. So I got pregnant with Madeline. You said there's like almost 18 months. So yeah, they're 17 months apart. Yeah. Um so he, gosh. I got pregnant with Madeline. He was home for that. So he was gone when I was pregnant with Abigail. He got home in time for her to be born. And that was hard, but it was, it's, it was hard and it was scary. That was, it was a hard time, but I wouldn't, I would say it led into the harder season. So his, there was not a lot of communication when he was in Iraq and Mm. they didn't have, like we had a, I did get a webcam. So we were able to see each other and talk every once in a while, but they would just go on like full blackout. And all you know when they go on blackout is that something happened and you don't know what happened. Mm. And you're just hoping your phone doesn't ring. But then your phone rings, but then it's somebody else that saw the news, you know, so there's all just like all this tension. Yeah. But it was a little, it wasn't too, it was fairly quiet. They had, they had some things happen and some really hard things happen when they were over there. Um, and you would hear it on the news. You'd hear many 12 soldiers from Fort Campbell and Fort Campbell's huge, but like, they're not saying anything else. Yeah. It's not yeah. helpful. Um, so he gets home, Abigail's born. I get pregnant with Madeline. I have her and he leaves when she's five days old. And that was, it was just the start. So I would say that was the start. 
because in so much of it has like not having my mom mm. to talk to and then like from the minute they landed in Iraq it was just like somebody dies somebody dies somebody dies mm. somebody dies so when like you're here you don't really know what's going on or like they can't tell you or there's like a communication blackout or you see something on the news and then you'd get a call down and it, it was their unit every single time it was you know somebody and like he was broken up by Matt and Madeline was an awful baby. Like she was terrible. <laughs> she was so hard, which is humbling. Like Abigail was a, fa- a fairly easy baby. Like once she got on a schedule, like yep. you could, you could almost predict like she whines, you put her down, she falls asleep. She would wake up very regimented. I mean, she's similar now, very regimented. You could, by the time she woke up in the morning, I could predict her whole day down to the five minutes, like exactly yeah. when she'd sleep, exactly when she'd eat and wake up. So that, at that time, it's clear because we're doing so well as parents, right? Like that's what you tell yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all these other people have these fussy kids and my kid's not fussy because I mean, I've done it. Like put her on a schedule. I did it all right. <laughs> it's under so, my control. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah. and awesome. then Madeline's and then Madeline. She was, she was not easy. And she had her first three weeks. I think she was so tired from, she was kind of a traumatic labor and delivery. And I was like bleeding. It it was all dramatic. Then we didn't get to come home from the hospital for four days. So we came home. He left the next day. So the whole night we were home, he was calling, talking to people. Um, He had recorded videos of himself reading stories so I could play them for the girls. That was just so weird and eerie yeah. to do. Yeah. Like not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. It was Jeez, Christmas. Oh gosh. So, so they just, they lost a lot of people. And then Madeline, I, she had a reflux and I kind of knew it, but didn't know, but she just, she slept maybe 45 minutes yeah. at a time. And poor Abigail's like 17 months. And I'm treating her like she's a 10 year old. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, you know she's she has to grow up. I'm not getting any sleep, so you know, like as you're everything just like yep. And and it's hard. You, you look back and it's like, well, sh- how much was she feeding off my stress? She definitely was feeding off my stress. Um, but there's almost like a there's a level of psychosis that happens when you don't get sleep, mm-hmm. and then the phone call or like mm-hmm. you know something's happened and then someone knocks on your door and you're like, thank God there was no Amazon gosh that would have been awful because that because if you're going to get notified that something's happened they're going to come knock on your door so if the phone rings at least it's someone else but you don't want to hope it's someone else but if the phone rings it's somebody else but if there's a knock on the door it's your your soldier so so then when i would get to talk to him i'm panicked because i'm not sleeping at all madeline screamed 24 hours a day like you had to walk around with her and move her and he's like, well, I got shot at. And I'm like, well, I'm not getting any sleep. <laughs> he's like, I almost died. And I'm like, I'm going to kill our child. <laughs> like, there is something, and I don't think it happens to everybody, but there is a, like, there can be a moment. And I imagine actually it probably didn't happen with you because you're so, you're laid back and fun. But like, there was, mo- there was a moment where I realized if I did not change something, I was going to hurt her. Like, mm-hmm. it there, was, yeah. There's definitely moments where yeah. I, I realized, because I remember hearing jokes about people that are like, yeah, you want to throw your baby against the wall. I'm like, what a horrible parent. And then I remember putting one of them down and just saying, I'm going to, I had to walk out of the room because I was so mad. Like it's the middle of the night. 
you're like, I did everything I'm supposed to do, and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had this figured yes. out. <laughs> it's just like, no, I was like, I, my my calves, are, and when it, and it's and it's such. I mean, you look back on it, you're like, it's so trivial. But in the moment, oh my god, I'm like, no, I'm like just fuming mad. It's like it's and then and it's it, a rage. Yeah, and you got to like, put them down, and then you realize when you back away, you're like, oh, they're not dying. They're just. A baby. A, kid, a baby. They're a baby. And, and yeah. we can we can do this, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I definitely had those moments. Yes. 100%. And yes, so we had Abigail who would wake up at 5 a.m. And that was like, I'm going. I'm like going to go all day long. Mom, what can we do? And then <clears throat> Madeline screamed. One of Abigail's phrases she said most often during that time was, Mommy's kind. Oh. Mommy's kind. And, um, and then not having my mom start to. Ryan's mom was awesome. Like, that's probably... We had... I had struggles with her. Like we just kind of butt heads and you know, there's the whole like leave and cleave, like, okay. Like he would talk, we would be having a conversation. He'd be like, well, my mom said, I'm like, I don't care what your mom said. <laughs> but that kind of period of time was, was good for us. Like they were, his, his parents were incredible. Like mm-hmm. they knew like she, Ryan was a difficult baby. So she understood yeah. that like they would drive six hours to come get us and bring us to Lima to stay with them for a little while. Mm. Um, they were awesome, but it was like, there were moments where I literally was like, stop crying, stop crying, stop crying, yeah. stop crying, stop crying. Yeah. <laughs> and Abigail's like, mommy, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> so there, there was a moment in there where I had to like, I had to let her cry because I knew either I was going to damage her by letting her cry or I was going to hurt her potentially. Cause I was not like, I mean, I think she was getting up 12, 13 times a night. Like it was just, I should have probably been medicated. I tried to call the doctor once and they asked what I wanted to be seen for. And I hung up on them (laughs) because I didn't want to say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I let her cry. (laughs) It was the worst too. I've got boogers coming out now. She, uh, like, I put headphones in because I was like, I'm just going to try three nights. Like, it won't be worse than what I'm doing now. You know, it's like, you know, I have to be damaging all the guilt you have. Like, I'm damaging this kid. I'm damaging this kid. And, you know, Ryan can't do anything because he's like, he's worried about me. I'm worried about him. And I was like, well, I'm going to, I just have to try it for three nights. If it doesn't work, we'll just go back to walking and (laughs) walking and padding. And she cried for eight hours straight the first night. Like eight hours, I had headphones in and I would take them out and she'd be crying. I was like, I have to do it. I have to do it. And the second night she cried for six hours in a row. And then the third night she cried for 10 minutes and she still woke up every hour and she would cry for seven to 10 minutes and fall back asleep. So when that hit and like things changed, like it got that part got, I started to get some sleep. She started to get some sleep. She got on some reflex medicine, which helped her during the day. So yeah. then the night's, like we're disruptive, but not panicky in the day. She smiled like, cause if she wasn't screaming, she was smiling. Like she just had the biggest, biggest smile. Uh, so that was probably maybe when she was four months or something. But at that point, then my, like everything else just started falling apart. Like my, I surprised my dad. Oh gosh. I can't remember what happened. My, my uncle, my dad's brother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer soon after my mom died. Um, I want to say we went home. It was 
within like four months. We saw that we saw my aunt and uncle at Ryan and I saw my aunt and uncle at the airport, and they were like, "You cannot tell anybody you saw us. We have to go get some testing." Um, so he got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and that was rough because it was my mom and dad met at their wedding. So it was my mom's best friend and my dad's brother yeah. that got married. And then my mom and dad met at their wedding. Yeah. And so my uncle dies during that time, which was just heart wrenching because we had just lost my mom not long before that. And like my dad had lost his wife and his, his brother, my, my aunt had lost her best friend and her husband. So it was, it was hard you know, it was, it was super hard. And when I was on the way home, literally on the shuttle bus, I had, I had to take Matt. Someone kept Abigail when I went to the funeral, I had to take Madeline with me. She's crying on this shuttle bus and my cell phone rings and I pick up and Ryan's sister at that point was 32 weeks pregnant and she lost the baby. So like, so worse it is just like, and they're all, you know, there's just so much going on. Mm. So she loses the baby and like 32 weeks. It was, it was awful. So I'm like literally in the shuttle bus crying. Like I can't, I can't take any more death. Like I didn't want the phone to ring. Mm. Like yeah. just, it was just so, so much. And um, so they were kind of, they were going to do a funeral but then very close to that, Ryan's dad had a heart attack and literally like had paddles. So we ended up having, they, Ryan's mom was really trying to be, to be strong, but I wasn't getting a lot of honest answers from her. Ryan's sister was, I mean, she was a mess. Yeah. She had just lost her baby. Mm -hmm. um, and so Ryan's mom's best friend, I was like, you have to like, I don't, is he going to die? Like what's going on? And she called me, she said, you need friends to come home so so i got a, like there's a like he got some sort of emergency leave to come home so his dad was okay like he ended up being okay but he i don't know how many times he he definitely had to be paddled multiple times mm -hmm. he had it was a, it was a bad heart attack so ryan was able to come home and see him by the time ryan got home he was stable he was not like during the travel, Ryan's he was dad stable. Was, Ryan's dad was yeah, stable, stable by, by the time, time. Ryan got, got home. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I had waited, he probably wouldn't have needed to come, but like nobody yeah, no, really yeah, knew. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we got to see him. He got to come home for about nine days, but in that time we did the funeral for the baby too. So it just was so it was just a lot of death wow, and yeah, a lot so of much death. So it was a it, that was a hard season. And I think during that time I'm a Christian, right? But I had no roots. Uh, like I didn't have, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to read my Bible. I didn't have, like we had our little church, but I wasn't like, um, I was kind of connected, but they were, they were really good. The, like the pastor was really good about like sending me verses. Like this is what you need to you know, read, pray. And I didn't, I wasn't able to do a lot of it. It was so much panicking in the moment, but um, I definitely feel like, I mean, I, f I felt this, this kind of whole time, like this presence, like it's going to be okay. Like it's, it may not all be okay, but it's going to be okay. Like you're going to get through this. Like it's going to be okay. So uh, yeah, that was, it was, wow. a, it was a rough season, but Madeline's okay. 
I think. Yeah. <laughs> Abigail's okay. <laughs> Brian's dad's still still alive. Yeah. Yep. My aunt is remarried. Jeez. So. Oh, it was it was a it was a it was a crazy time. What are we at with time? Um, we are about hour and fifteen. I want to get. I want to get to the part. How how did how did you come from Tennessee to here? Uh, I gotta have oh. a potty break. <laughs> we, do, we do have to take a break. Second pee. No, okay. I got a potty break. <laughs> oh, I caught a little bit of that on. The, on the Audience, we're back. Um, Making music with our bodies. <laughs> someone, there's a loose duck in the uh, in the basement here. So. Butt trumpet. So if you hear any other ducks, that's what it is. Season three, we got new pets. Um, <laughs> Wait, we actually do have a duck pet. Liliana called, named her Brownie. There's, in our neighborhood? Uh, not even in our about? neighborhood. So outside, underneath our stairs, on the side of our house that we don't even, you wouldn't know we have stairs because we never use it. There's a duck that's made, that's sitting on some eggs. Oh, wow. Maybe you know what I do to baby ducks? No, we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, um, yeah, don't tell us. How did you get? How did you get from Tennessee to here? Yeah. So then, oh. with all this stuff happening, you know, I assume Ryan eventually comes back from did, being deployed. He did come back. So we had more kids. Can I, I interrupt wow. you? Yeah, go ahead. Um, because there's so much like hardness to that story of like, man, this was the hardest. Time, a season of your it's like life. A seven, yeah, yeah. What do you? What um? What did you take? What were you left with? Like, what were you? What did you take away from? I mean, what? What did it teach you? Uh, I think most of the things that God teaches me is like humbling. Is humbling. I mean, there was just so much of you think things are going to go a certain way, and if you just do A or just do A, B, and C. You know, it's just all going to be like, maybe there's some things you can't control, but everything is going to work out. And I think there's a humbling in, um, like, yeah, you, you thought your first kid was easy because you did it all right. And you judged people that didn't, but maybe there's more to it than that. Like maybe, you know, like, Mm. are you, are you going to rely on me or are you going to find hope in your circumstances type of thing? And for me, most of the lessons that I get from God are reminding me, like, there you go again, like trying to find hope in your circumstances. And that's not where hope Mm. is found. It's bigger than that. There's hope, like a hope that we can't even understand that's so much more and doesn't rely on us. And it's freeing, but it's really easy for me to just try to rely on myself. But then what happens is... Like mentally, if it's not going how you want it to go, then where do you go mentally? Like I failed, I failed, I failed, right? I failed my kid, I failed my husband, but being able to have that freedom to kind of get out of that, like no matter what happens, no matter how hard it is, there is something bigger, like that can anchor you, that you know, that you can hold on to when things get rocky. And stormy, and then things calm down, and again I go back to like I'm just gonna manage everything <laughs> until I get another reminder. Like you know, it's not all up to you. You can't you can't do it on your own. So, and I will. God will do that with me forever. I always <laughs> need it. Always. 
the big thing is the little thing. Maybe a stupid shoulder injury. I think I cried more in the last four months of it's surgery. It's just humbling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got from, came from Tennessee to Columbus. Yes. Because of? We, well, I did not want to leave Tennessee. I loved Tennessee. I had, I mean, we became Christians there. It was the first experience we had of Christian community, which was cool for us. Like, it was just something we had never experienced. We had friends. We had a neighborhood like this. I mean, we, our kids were a littler than your kids, but similar. Like, all the whole neighborhood, you know, we all knew each other. And a lot of us all went to church together. And, you know, our kids were all the same age. Abigail was in kindergarten when we left there. So, um, and Charlie was one. So I don't even, I wanted to stay there forever. I liked Tennessee. Um, I think if my mom was still alive, I would have wanted to be in Wisconsin. Um, but there just is, even when things are good, there's still like a fracturing that happens with death where things change. And, um, I think I would have wanted to be there. I don't know if Ryan ever would have wanted to be there. And we never did plan to come back to Ohio. We kind of were like, we're just going to stay and he randomly came home one day and he was like, hey, like, just to let you know that I applied uh, for this job and I'm not going to get it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get it. I'm like, what are you doing looking for jobs? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, where is it? He's like, well, it's in Columbus. I'm like, I don't want to go to Ohio. <laughs> it's warm down here. I like I like Tennessee. I don't want to leave our friends. I don't want to, you know, leave our, leave our people. And so he ended up, of course, getting it. He, uh, flew up here. It was all pretty quick. He, and we had some, some crazy things happen with some of our, our church family friends too. Um, it was just some interesting drama, like the, like my very best friend down there, who was kind of like the person that I, um, looked up to and kind of modeled myself after like as a super strong Christian mom. She, uh, ended up having an affair and cheating on her husband. The guy, the guy was a missionary that was at our church and he had, had, there was nine other women. Like he was a predator essentially. And her husband was deployed and it was just an all, it was just another one of those, like, again, you think you follow all the rules and it's one of those eye opening moments of like, if you think this can't happen, like if this could happen to them, this could happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, like I just, it's so easy for me to fall in this check the block like, yeah. I'm just going to set the boundaries and do all the right things. And there's so much, you know, so much more heart to it than that. Mm. Um, but there was a lot of crazy things going on there all at the same time. And I think it was kind of, God was just kind of preparing us to be okay mm-hmm. going, but I did not want to go. So he gets, he comes up to Ohio, he gets stranded here because there were two snowstorms in a row. <laughs> this is why I Welcome don't want to go. <laughs> so we moved here. Um, he came up three months before I did. And so I was getting the house ready to sell and he was here um, trying churches and stuff like that. And I moved up when kindergarten was done. So probably June of after Abigail's kindergarten year, Charlie was one, about one. Oh, Charles. He was little. He was so little. Um, and I, I hated it. I did not want to be here. It took me. Moved into the house right now. Nope. We were uh, off of Mount, Mount Royal over by Central. We rented a house for about six months over there because we weren't sure where we wanted to live, where, you know, exactly. Um, But we ended up buying that 
the house where we are now, uh, maybe December. Mm-hmm. Um, Abigail was able to finish. She was at kindergarten at Alcott. Oh. And she finished kinder, or I'm sorry, first grade at Alcott. She finished yeah. first grade there. And then she started second grade at Mark Twain when Madeline started kindergarten at Mark Twain. Is this 2007? This would have been, Charlie was born in 2008, so it maybe would have been 2009, 2010. 2009. 2010. Okay. We moved here in 2010, I think. Wow. Um, so it took, it took a minute to get used to it. And we really were still, like, even in our faith walk and our marriage walk, we had, we, we had our foot in every place it could be like you know we were still like still living very much in the world and if you're if we were with one group of people we we're one way for another group of people we're another way and for another with another group of people another way and I think that moving here really magnified that for us and that was hard and our marriage was hard before that anyway like we had I mean we had fights big fights like Holes in the wall, and they were not from Ryan. They're from me. (laughs) So, um, but it was a uh, it was a cool process to like kind of see how God used it to shape us, and again teach us, like show us where he where he wants us to be, like helping us to recognize, I guess, where we really were. We had to be confronted with, you know. The baggage and the damage and the hypocrisy and, you know, double standards and all that stuff. So, yeah. So, we're here. Wow. And I would not want to be anywhere else. No, I love it here. Mm -hmm. I remember going to a women's retreat, though, and crying the whole way home and being like, I need to figure this out. Like, I know how to make friends. I know how to, (laughs) like, be a person that (laughs) functions in life. And I need to, I need to start living, you know. So, I don't know. That's how we ended up here. Then he started his own business, and here we are. Really, I think what was super interesting, I think what happened is we came we came here and immediately got pulled into some leadership stuff at our church. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, gosh. They trust us. This is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not good. Wow. <laughs> so, we had to, like, fake it till you make it, I guess. But really, like that process of being confronted with, with our issues and having to figure out where we want to be, how we want to live. So. Wow. (laughs) I love it. Do we have any other questions? I feel like it's like how it's like that. So so what is it like being married to Ryan? There have been like five different Ambers and five different Ryans. So I don't, you know, pick one. Yeah. I mean, currently, I mean, Nora would say it's a lots of fun. <laughs> it's a yeah, lot I guess we didn't even talk so about Nora. Oh, poor Nora. Oh, I forgot about Nora. Oh. <laughs> That's so mean. JK, I'd never forget about Nora. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, she's totally listening. Yeah, she's listening. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, Nora. If you, if you hear this, I owe you a dollar. <laughs> That's it. That's the entire story. <laughs> She'll negotiate for more. Yeah. Good luck. Well, she'll also try to get you to admit that you like her more than everybody else. <laughs> like everyone else that's on really the street? Her, that's or her everyone else in the... Uh, the street would probably be okay. Okay. Yeah. I do currency. feel like, like uh, for better or for worse, I give her the most passes. Like, I mean, you know, you know whenever you see kids, you automatically... Like, you, you, sometimes you have to fight against you, like, 
Oh, yes. no, that kid. I know that kid did it. And then, no, 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 no. We got to hear him out. We got to hear him out. Nora's the opposite. You're like, you're like, she's the one that's like holding the bat. And you're like, who gave Nora the bat after they hit the person? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's me. I'm like, no, 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 Nora. We're going to leave to go to the store. We watch these seven kids because obviously, in, you know, responsible. I just, we, I adore her. So. When was Nora born? 2012. Yes, Jamie Christmas. That's what boggles my mind. Good grief. That's when I graduated I, in college. <laughs> that's when I had freshman year of high school. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. I more, guys are babies. I think we have to do, we might have to do like a, like part two, but we. So hold on. One quick thing. When you, when you brought up, you know, what, like how old were you guys during 9-11? You said, you know, you were in college 21. or something. I was, in, I was in high school. You were in high school. You were in sixth grade. Yeah. And you, you just had Abigail? No, I was 21. We did not have her okay. yet. Okay. No. I was, I was two. <laughs> I was two. <laughs> and there's a part of me that's like, can Amber be my mom? <laughs> I can. Yeah. Yes. Amber could legitimately be my mom. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're sitting there. I thought you were asking, we don't really is Amber like my mom? <laughs> yeah, we don't. And I was like, do you really think you're your mom? <laughs> I mean... There, I feel like there's so much more that we still need to unpack, but I guess that's for part two. You can have Ryan in. He can oh, tell you what it's like oh to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll turn the question around. He'd be like, she's a one, you guess. <laughs> um, Holds in the wall. Let's get into some pet peeves. Oh, are we going to pet peeves? Yeah, let's get into some pet peeves. Okay. Luke... Well, it's been pushing your. Well, we were kind of joking. We were joking at uh, at dinner, but it is kind of something that annoys me. Um, how I said I David's heard, trying to figure out how to roll his eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> I heard I heard somebody the other day, and this was this was a joke, but then it kind of Do leads you really into know my. How to roll your eyes? <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's now turning into my pet peeve. The fact Wait, that you don't Luke, know how to roll your eyes. Luke, it, this is you- how you roll your eyes. No. It's, really- <laughs> it's the rubber Downey Jr. meme. David is currently just rolling his head. He's just rolling his head back and forth. Whatever. And opening his eyes very wide. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to post Audience, season three <laughs> on Instagram. Season three does not, uh, does not have uh, uh, YouTube yet, but please check out our Instagram. Uh, we'll post a little snippet of David rolling his David eyes. David rolling his eyes. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, so Char and I were joking at dinner tonight about how uh, my pet peeve was going to be wheat and people who eat wheat (laughs) because uh, of dietary issues. And I just feel like the dietary issues thing has become so prevalent, like too prevalent to the point of like, if you even like, how dare you suggest that someone not be allergic to something? (laughs) Wait, so your pet peeves are people's allergies? Yep, Bingo. fake allergies. Bingo. Bingo. Fake allergies. No, 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 no. Allergies. No. You said what everybody else was thinking. Fake allergies. You're happy No, fake allergies. People who say like, "I'll throw my dad under the bus." Oh, okay. He does not have diagnosed celiacs, but he says that he has a gluten has issue. gluten sensitivity or something like that. It's like, okay, like maybe, but you're not a celiac, so. <laughs> Stop complaining yeah, about it. Yeah, throw some respect on the like, celiac. Like, like, don't go out of your way to be like, 
at, at a restaurant be like, um, can you wear gloves, please? Because mm. I, I cannot eat gluten. And then they're like, well, is it an allergy or is it just a sensitivity? It's like, seriously? So it's, it's not at, it's sensitivities. That's no, what it's like, it's like, like, look, if you have a legit allergy to something like you, tree nuts, Peanuts. It's true. I do. I am. Right. I like, like pretend I'm not. Wait, I'm when, the opposite. When's the last no. time you had a real a reaction? Do you have a... I do have an EpiPen. You, like, made a motion like... Uh, <laughs> a stabbing, like, stabbing, like, stabbing motion like a knife. So, so I've been tested multiple times, and on all the tests, they have these... Because they do the prick test, yeah. and it's this huge... Um, uh, supposedly deathly allergic to peanuts. Sure. Peanuts. Peanut, tree peanuts nuts, and tree, tree nuts. Or okay. is what I'm allergic to. You ate a biryani with cashews. So that's not your pet peeve if David gets... No, no, that's I'm not that's what I'm saying. Allergic to if he dies because he eats a peanut, like, that's not my pet peeve. <laughs> my pet peeve is if he pretends to die because he's fake allergic to peanuts and he doesn't want to... <laughs> okay? This is a, this or if he farts at the gym and says it's dairy. No, because that's a real thing. So I actually am <laughs> allergic to... Di- well, so here's the thing. It's not... Al- it's I, not. I have a sensitivity <laughs> to dairy. <laughs> he just rolled his eyes. I fart when I eat dairy. Yeah, so do I. Not, that's not an insensitivity. <laughs> what do you mean? There's that's not a sensitivity. That. It's insensitive. That's a, no, that's not a sensitivity. <laughs> that's your body's natural reaction to all of that stuff that you're putting but into it. Just it just kind of like swells up when I eat... When I eat um, what swells up? My body. Is it <laughs> That's what he's talking about. If, I, if you ate dairy right now, you wouldn't kill over and die. I had dairy if earlier, and I'm. Gonna, we would. You didn't tomorrow. kill over and die. Yeah, we will. Okay. We might smell you, but that's different. Whoever's next to him tomorrow might. I'm not going to six. So season three, still the same pet peeve. <laughs> I still, it still, it bothers me so much. It yeah. bothers me. Do you have other ones, or are we? Uh, no, I think I'll just leave it with one because you guys never appreciate my. I want to hear another one. I loved all of no. it. Amber is getting sensitive. Do you have pet peeves? Oh, no, he's <laughs> pretending to be sensitive. <laughs> ah. no, Luke has an allergy sensitive. to sensitivity. <laughs> I have a sensitivity to sensitivity. Yeah. No, I've been, yeah, I have an allergy to sensitivity. That's correct. Mm. To other people's sensitivity, but not your own. Because I don't have any. You're not sensitive at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> not physiologically. Emotionally, I'm very sensitive. Amber, do you about. have pet peeves? I do. It depends on the time of the month. I might have way more than other <laughs> of the month. Yes. Um, on a normal, like, on a during normal a three-week. Th- like, so today. Normal three weeks. Okay. So one of my one of my big pet peeves at the gym, it's not calling anybody out, is when the bathroom door is open and you can see the mirror. <laughs> yeah. People, oh, the one on the side. That. The door on the side. Yeah. Yes. And I always walk over and I close it every <laughs> single time and then inevitably somebody goes in and leaves it open. Yeah. And I walk back over and I close it. We know all who if it is. it's not open, wait. How you gonna walk <laughs> yeah, by? Wait. Like, check yourself out. <laughs> you know? Ask Charlie. Yeah. I'll give you tips. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw some, I saw, it wasn't Charlie, but I saw somebody do that the other day. Flex by the like, mirror. I rolled my eyes. People my do head. it at the rolled doors too, like running. When you're running oh, um, yeah. outside. Oh, I yeah. saw Ryan do that today. <laughs> yes. I saw Ryan do that today. <laughs> when we first That's did... where Charlie picks it up. <laughs> <laughs> when it, he first started CrossFit, he came home so upset. I don't think I had started yet, so it was his first six months. And he came home so upset. Maybe I had started, but I did not know what he was talking about. 
he was like, I saw my dad today. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, in the doors. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know what you mean. He's like, you know, when you're running and everybody looks at themselves in the door. I'm like, I don't think everybody looks at themselves in the doors. He's like, well, I looked at myself and I saw my dad. I am not happy. <laughs> Good motivation. <laughs> so. That's how I learned about those doors. But yeah, so bathroom the door. In the bathroom. That yes, CrossFit does not have mirrors. That's my favorite thing about it. Yep. One yeah. of my favorite things about it is there's no mirrors. I wish we had more mirrors. Oh, so people can see their horrible form. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like when you have to feel it, you. Bingo. Some people are phys- physical or uh, visual learners, though. Well, so seeing a video when we went on vacation and uh, did a CrossFit workout in a gym that was attached to a gas station it had a bunch of mirrors and so you could see yourself as you're doing the workout and i completely screwed up my entire squatting because i was mesmerized by myself and i was not thinking about how i was moving rather than like the the cues of fire the glutes you know turn the leg like all the stuff you're supposed to be thinking of and feeling of like that you yes. learn in crossfit what were you thinking i was man, man yeah. those quads hey, are good, fantastic hey, hey good <laughs> looking dang that dude look he at can him. move some weight how, man he looks strong man Let's dang go. i look, look sick with all these plates yeah. on the bar he must have had some cheese because his tummy's a little swollen <laughs> <laughs> otherwise man this but no dude, peanuts no, no peanuts. peanuts yes it wasn't bad yeah so all right so david likes mirrors yeah we we did the uh we did the the rowing thing, where yeah the, the yeah the you, rowing you clinic. crushed me. You remember because we were yeah. like ro- yeah, and that was I, there's mirrors there too. <laughs> Amber, what are the pet peeves? Um, <laughs> grocery carts, like when you go to the grocery store and you huh? put your groceries in your trunk and then you walk, you know, do do do. I'm gonna walk my cart back. I mean, mm-hmm. most people do. Some people leave them right in the parking spot, yep. and that's your pet peeve. Well, that is a pet peeve. But then when you get and it says large cart, small cart. And there's a small cart in the large cart section. Are you, you talking take, about the do divider? Take, do you fix yes, it? Yes, okay. yes. Yeah. Today. Today. Just make it so inconsiderate. Like, you're right here and it says where to put it. Like, just do what it says and make it easier for the poor people that have to bring the carts in. I think that's the third or fourth person that's brought up carts. Shopping carts. Yeah, shopping yeah. carts. We need to go back. So Aldi, where you can put the yes, point in. Yeah. yeah. It's such an odd, like, incentive because nobody cares about quarters any other day except for when you've got your carts. And you put them, everybody, there's, carts are always in a row, Aldi. And all connected. Yep, all connected because you got to pay a quarter to get out. You get the quarter if you, back. Yep. If, you, yeah. if and, you're really lucky when you're pushing your cart back, somebody is coming up and they just give you a quarter. And yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's like a trade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you make a little small talk. No. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Don't talk to or me. Or does not store. make small talk. Or when you're at Aldi and someone just doesn't take the quarter out. Have you ever had that? No. No? Yeah, and you're getting the card out. That's when you have a lucky day. Is that day. like a pay it forward? I get. Did you do that then? Did you leave the Wow, quarter? no. Oh my. This you is when I was in college. 25 cents. <laughs> this is when I'm in college, man. Stealing is okay in college. Dirt is, Stealing was, is never okay. I was so freaking broke in college. Especially. Oh every quarter he can get. Uh, when it's. Dude, sure. I would go to Kroger and literally, like, pay with all coins. I'd go to the self-checkout and just use, my, um all the quarters I've been saving up for the year. <laughs> That's how I'd pay for groceries sometimes at college. What did you eat? <laughs> I mean, whatever Oh, uh, I ate... <laughs> ramen noodles? No, I just literally... Well, I actually ate pretty healthy in college. I just bought a bunch of rice 
my mom would my mom's the I'm an Asian mom. And so we don't buy just rice. We buy the biggest bags of rice on oh, planet yeah. Earth. Yeah. And then she would just give me rice and then I would just buy eggs. And this was on before the avian flu took over all the chickens. But <laughs> yeah, now it's like this was back when eggs was 99 cents, you know, for the 18 pack. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would just eat a Those bunch of days. eggs and vegetables and rice because it was cheap. Yeah. Cheap. Like, I mean, ramen noodles was fine, but. Pretty healthy, too. Yeah. But yeah, I would go and pay with coins. Okay, do you have any other pet peeves? Um, I do. I can't think of them, though. Okay. I might think of them. If, if oh. someone had more, it would spark my... What is... I have a lot, but I need to save them. Do you have any pet peeves that Ryan has? Oh, like, gosh. that Ryan does? Yes. Let's hear him. What? Well, Let's hear him. <laughs> when we... Are, he does not use his blinker. And that makes me crazy when he changes lanes. I have a pet peeve about Ryan. He drives like a grandma. (laughs) Just like him. (laughs) Ryan does not drive like a grandma. Yes, he does. I was on the way home from your engagement party and I was following them in my car and I was like, who is this ahead of me? (laughs) And it was Ryan driving. And I was like, you're you're supposed to go 35 and a 25. Let's go. So that is the, the, he takes his time with everything. And I don't know if he was always like that because I don't like I move like we if we get somewhere like we're going to go to a movie. I'm like person out of the car and I'm standing there and he's like, I'm like, what can possibly <laughs> so long to get out of the car? You don't even have a purse. And then we get out of the car and then he forgets something. So he has to go back in the car and then we get out of the car and then he has to go to the bathroom. Always has to go Ryan, to the bathroom. Yeah. Ryan does bathroom. Um, he needs a I will say that you're like whenever I go to movies in that situation, like. I like turn around to like get out of the car and Megan's already at the door. <laughs> she's just like, and she's told me before, she's like, I do everything fast. I walk fast. I, I, I talk fast. Keep up. Cause she's like, and I, I, it used to bother me. Cause I'm thinking like, what are you? I'm, why are you in such a hurry? Yeah. She's like, why are you so slow? <laughs> I saw some, somebody once saw me at a grocery store, but they didn't talk to me. I think they just saw me. And later they're like, I saw you. Why were you, why were you running through the grocery store? <laughs> It's just my normal pace. <laughs> I, I, I will say when it comes to the grocery store, I walk absurdly fast, especially yeah, when you know the Kroger that you're at. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you can dude. get in and out like today, dude. I picked up all those groceries today before the yeah. dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I drove home, drove home, drove to Kroger, picked up all the stuff, drove here. All in 40 minutes. I I will say that during I'm, rush hour. I'm the opposite. I'm like putting my beat, my you know, headphones in. I got a new favorite song featuring Ooh. J. Cole. You can't play it. What is it? Can't is it? Poke it out. Poke it what? out. Yeah. That sounds inappropriate. <laughs> that is. I I just found it. It's probably <laughs> wildly inappropriate. Nora, cover your ears. Yeah, don't, we're not gonna have, okay. But anyways, um yeah, I'm just like out. just dancing in it. Yeah, so that's that's, that's poke okay. it out. I mean, yeah. It's audience, like, give it a listen. Is it about a belly button, maybe? No. no. Yeah. I think it's... <laughs> I honestly think it's about a girl with a small butt. It's a poke it out. I think. I... <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> let's keep going. So, uh, no, that's it. We're yeah. done. Two okay. minute drill. Two minute <laughs> drill. Oh, my oh, goodness. <laughs> Two minute drill. David, put the timer on. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Ready. You didn't send me these questions in advance. Oh, yeah. There is. That's why it's the two minutes in advance. Who's going first? Two from the hip. Uh, You're going first, Luke. Three, 
two, one and a half, go. Would you rather be bitten by a werewolf or a vampire? A werewolf. Okay. Favorite thing about Abigail? Uh, Her determination. What is your death row meal? Uh, Pizza and macaroni and cheese. Let's go. But not together. What's on the pizza? What did you just (laughs) So white. (laughs) What's on the pizza? Um, Sausage... Banana peppers, jalapenos, tomatoes, onions. Let's go. Less oh. white. Less white. I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> if you had to change your name in Witness Protection Program, Gosh. what would you change your name to? I, I have no idea. You look okay. Pick something. Kimberly. Kimberly. I have, I have no idea. I have, how would you spell I have no idea? I have no idea. That's what I would change it to. Is that, <laughs> is that a white person? That's a white person area. area. No. <laughs> um, you put a billboard up for the world to see. What would you want? Oh my gosh. I, I don't think I would put a billboard up for the world to see. Uh, <laughs> wow, she keeps dodging our questions. Favorite favorite thing about um your favorite quality of, of God? Um I don't even know how to put it into words. Like his mercy is not the word, but like his Patience. I think patience. Mm-hmm. I need patience. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> favorite thing about mine. Uh, his like steady steadiness. He's steady. Mm-hmm. Steady. It's you. What is? Uh, I thought Luke was gonna go. No. The best dessert you can cook. Uh, ooey gooey butter cake. Yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> it was delicious. celebrity crush. Ooh, gosh. I I don't even know any celebrities' names. Who? I don't know. That's a bad one. You have to answer it. I know. I'm trying to even think of who I've ever had a celebrity crush on. Wow. Um, One, the guy, there's a guy in um, the old show Criminal Minds. One of the, I don't even know his name. (laughs) I would say him back in the day. Criminal Minds? I used to have a I used to have a celebrity crush on um I don't even remember his name. Ryan would know it because he was really mad about it. <laughs> Grace got and jealous. The guy that's in Stepmom with Julia Roberts. There's a movie called Stepmom with Julia Roberts and Ed. Um, he's old. Like he's really old now. Oh, okay. St- hold on, Stepmom. Grace's uh, Grace's celebrity crush is um, uh, Chris Evans. Oh yeah, that's fair. I have a celebrity crush on Chris Evans too. Yeah. Um. So on that note, Amber, thank thank you for for coming on the podcast. Sorry, I wasn't very positive. No, that that's not the. What are you talking about? I thought like one Ed Harris. Ed Harris. I don't even know who Ed Harris is. He's old. Um, I would say that I remember when I moved in and you and Ryan (laughs) were like the best welcomers in the entire world. I knew you're like, you want the shirt off my back? Okay, you can shirt off my back. And you guys have, I I have, you have always been some of my favorite humans, but even learning more about your life, I'm like, I just like you guys even more. And yeah. so I really, I appreciate your care for our family and um, thank you for sharing. Yeah, I think, I think the thing that like, hearing your story specifically 
like it made my heart break for for you and your family like just getting to see like who you guys are now but man the the trials the hardship what what made you the people you are today like the journey you've walked through the way Christ has like guided you molded you shaped you and like you I feel like you and Ryan have this thing where it's like you are you lead other people and it's like you do that in the overflow just because it's like you had moments where you need people to lead you and you had people like you know there were moments where you're like man I wish I had someone there and you were that to all of us really like I I think I when I think of the Boslers I think of um the most supportive people ever right like you talk about like when when you moved in, it's like, oh, the Bosler are so supportive. Like I think of like, you know, some stuff that happened to you a few months ago. When we when we called the squad and and we're all sitting around there, like I look over and Madeline's standing right there, right next to <laughs> Megan. Yeah. And I was like, thank you for being here. I can't say anything else to you because we have to go. But it was like, and, and that was the thing is that I said, Megan, how'd you get here? And she said, well, Amber drove me so I didn't have to drive. And Madeline yeah. was behind so that we could have a car at the hospital. And it was like, and that was one example of just my experience with you. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't, uh, it didn't surprise me, but it was something that I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Through, and I think not only for us, it's like other people at the gym, it's like people moving the stuff going on in people's lives. Like you guys are there. Um, and it's clear from hearing from your story, it's, it's because you guys have been through the ringer and you want to be there for people. And not only is it just for support, but it's like Christ's love overflows from you guys. So I think it, it's, there's also this, like, you know, it's not like in those moments, it feels like that that's it. Like nothing is going to be okay. Nothing is going to be the same, but like having anybody, like we all go through, like we haven't we haven't been through a hard time. Like if you would ask me on any given day, have like, what's been hard. I'd be like, we've nothing. Like we've had a really good, you know, but when you, everybody has hard times, like hard seasons in their life. And, and I just think like God equips us to then be able, like maybe someone's in a season of calm and someone else is not to be able to, you know, and somebody, someday someone's going to need you guys to do it. And you're going to do it because yeah. Yeah. you'll be able to. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's going to be a time when you need to come over to our house and be like, what can we do? You know? So, yeah. But you guys are all, you guys are all. Oh, Amber. Like just for our, just for our family, you guys have all had a huge impact on everyone, really everyone in our family. It's just crazy to even think like, even when I like look at you and I know you and I know that it like just, Ryan's care for you. But then I even look at Sam is right now with Charlie in DC. Mm-hmm. Sam was leading Abigail in young life when Charlie was in first grade. What? Yes. Wow. Like Charlie would hang on his leg. Like just this <laughs> like generational, like the way you guys are with our kids is just incredible. Like it's like to know that there are other people that care, like care about your family, care about your kids that you're not doing it alone, you know, that, like, I remember <laughs> when Abigail first started CrossFit, and, like, there was just one day you looked at me, and I was like, I'm like, I, 
I can't, you're like, it's okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. Like you just understood like what I was saying and like something happened that day with you and her that changed her really. I know and what it was, but I'm not going to say she's, it. She's still very <laughs> sassy, but you know, and like my kids can come over here and steal food out of your freezer and they know it. Like it's not stealing. It's the cuttings. <laughs> yeah, they are family. They are literally family. No, they they are. all came home with popsicles one day after Charlie brought friends over to work out. Yeah. Like you can't, they're not home. You can't. They have popsicles. But you can't just take their food. They're like, well, I mean, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. But but then I, but you don't. Like that's the thing. Like no, some I, people would care. I thought about it the other day. I was walking. Like, where in, are all the popsicles? No, no, no. I was like, I was like, yeah, cool. Like I walked in your house, I just knocked on the door and like walked in and I thought, huh. <laughs> I do this without thinking. <laughs> but we, was that the day we were watching American Idol? Yes, yes, which also has another because they were watching American Idol as a family. In, in the living room. And I'm like, wow, this started at the beginning in the hotel room. Yeah, hotel room. We have on not the watched it as a family until this year. Throwback. Man, shout out to so funny. Our kids shout out to out. Derek. Shout out to yes. the Ted. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Audience, thank you for checking out the podcast. We'll see you guys in two weeks.